What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Cubs Live Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Malzahn, and we have a special guest on this episode. We have Chris Bryant's high school coach, Derek Stafford, on the line. Derek, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. No problem, Kyle. Pleasure to be on. Well, I'm sure a lot of people know this by now, but just to give a little background, KB played at Bonanza High School in Las Vegas, four years on varsity, four-year letter winner on varsity, and so much more that we'll get into with Derek. Now, I want to start out by asking you this, Derek. Let's go back to 2007 through 2010 as a coach. You're coaching a kid that's bringing in scouts. He's hitting home runs. And just to give people kind of an idea, Bryant throughout high school batted 418, slugged 958, 103 hits, 47 home runs, which at that age you don't really see all that often. But Vegas, well, they've produced some great baseball talent like Chris himself, Bryce Harper, Joey Gallo, the list goes on. So as a coach, Derek, what can you say about Chris Bryant's progression throughout the years and kind of just the player he was? Because looking back, it seemed like freshman through senior year, he just progressed. Yeah, Kyle. Actually, uh, going even further into that, uh, he progressed from his freshman year of high school, I'd say all the way up until his MVP season for the Cubs, man. He... uh, he actually, his freshman year in high school, he hit one home run. Um, he was about six one then, so he's a big kid even as a freshman. Sophomore year, he hits 10 home runs. His junior year, he hits 14. And I remember vividly having exit meetings with players, and not just Chris, but we had him with all the players. Um, myself and our assistants, we'd sit kid down. And our talk with Chris was like, hey, look, man, I mean, you're an all-conference player, all-state player as it is as a junior don't put too much pressure on yourself your senior year. Um, just go out there and do your thing. And then his senior year, uh, he did. He literally, he hit 22 home runs, Kyle. And I think it was a, a, an official at-bats of like something like 78, something really ridiculous. He wasn't getting pitched to, which we knew going into the season that probably would be the case. So we kind of uh, switched him around in the order. There was a stretch of games, I think 10 or 11 games, where I, I let him off. And I let him off just to make sure that <laughs> I figured, you know what, if they're gonna if they're gonna walk the lead off yeah. the game and they forgot to get twenty one outs, so be it. But he got pitched two more in the leadoff spot. Then as we got closer to the league and we made a regional run that year, um, we had a guy that actually out hit Chris that hit behind him, a kid named Eddie Orozco. And uh, so Chris had some protection, but he just uh, he killed him, man. He got better all four years. And really people ask me all the time, you know, what was it like to coach Chris? And I don't even, I tell him flat out, it was awesome. It's exactly what you think it'd be like to coach. Right. Great kid, um, straight A student. Um, he actually, I, I think in high school, I think he only got one B. That's insane. Salutatorian um, type kid, like really, really smart. But that generated, uh, that generated to the field as well. And he literally, um, he didn't need coaching. I mean, he literally, he took every at bat seriously and he actually made improvements throughout the game. Then he goes to the U.S. Dude, he goes to San Diego, and I um, I really comment their staff. I always tell people, like, we did a good job with Chris, obviously, in high school, but he was just a natural, phenomenal talent. Um, but I really think his, his staff at San Diego, and I think Chris would tell you, just the mental aspect of the game there and the coaching that he got there was top-notch. But his freshman year, I think he was a Louisville, uh, Louisville slugger All-American, and he just kept getting better. Um freshman, sophomore, and junior year. And there's a little bit of buzz coming out of high school, you know, is Chris going to sign? And people would always ask me, and I, I really never got into the business aspects of it, but I, I knew that he, he was pretty confident in his ability, so he was going to take a big chunk of money for him to leave out of high school. And honestly, 
it worked out perfectly for him. He ended up being a, a second uh, a second pick in the draft in 13. Right. And signing a much larger contract than he would have got out of high school. But literally just got better every single year, man. And, uh, and an absolute pleasure to coach. And what you see with Chris in interviews and in the game, the way he plays the game, is, uh, is exactly what you get. Right. And, uh, I, uh, I know he's happily married and his parents did a phenomenal job and just a great kid, man. Yeah, just like you said, great kid. Now, as Cubs fans in the baseball world know, we all see what Chris does on the field, but just like Derek said, off the field, he's an outstanding guy. Was that always the case for him in his younger days at Bonanza? Yes, and um, I always, uh, I know he met his wife on our on our bus to and from uh, baseball softball because really? you travel with the softball team. Yeah, but um, yeah, honestly, Kyle, like you're like, hey, give me embarrassing stories of Chris. I really don't have a lot of embarrassing stories, you know. Of Chris. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I always tell people, I um. Uh, ironically enough, and I think this is pretty cool, um, after he uh, he graduated, I had a couple of his teachers that came up to me. One was his math teacher, and one was his uh, AP language and comp, which is like the highest level of English you can have. Yep. And they, they didn't know quite how good he was, but they both told me that that was the best student they ever had. That's awesome. Nothing to do with athletics, nothing to do with baseball, but the, the best student they ever had. And both of those teachers... We're not new to the district. They were 15, 20 years into the district, so they had seen a lot of students. Yeah. And they made that comment. And really, like, quiet kid, very humble. And like, I remember when uh, when scouts were coming out in droves when he was in high school, you know, always asking, like, hey, has he ever thrown his helmet? Has he ever showed up an umpire? Ever yell at a teammate? Ever throw his batting gloves? None of that. Like, he was an absolute pleasure to coach. And I That's awesome. Kids over the years. But to have a kid of that talent and I – was just uh, it was a pleasure for us and like I said his parents man Mike and Susie I can't say enough about them just phenomenal people and uh, Chris has an older brother and he's just like Chris just a phenomenal human being and I, and I really and I said this by the first few interviews when he left high school I said if Chris didn't go play baseball he probably would still be a millionaire <laughs> he would have run away because he was that he's that sharp that intelligent yeah and he's just I mean he's blessed good looking kid just just an awesome guy. Yeah, and just like you were saying before, I mean, it must be nice as a coach when you hear those compliments of kids, you know, excelling on the baseball field, but also excelling in the classroom as well. So that's awesome to hear, man. I mean, I don't know if we expect anything much less for Chris, but like you mentioned before, the scouts start rolling in as Chris started catching people's attention. Is there one aspect of Chris's game that you really like coaching, or was it an overall presence on him? You know what I like coaching, and I tell this to people, they wouldn't know this, I guess, unless they talk to me or, or talk to Chris. Um, when he was a freshman and when he was a sophomore in high school, we batted him fifth. He wasn't quite ready to be in that three-hole. Yep. Um, but we batted him fifth. He played third base, actually. Uh, the shortstop I actually had at the time when Chris was a freshman sophomore was a kid named Tomo, which is actually now his brother-in-law, ironically enough. And then the end of his sophomore year, um, I, I, I flat out told Chris's dad, I said, I'm going to move over to shortstop. And he's like, Coach, you sure? I said, yeah, I'm sure. I think the best athlete in the city. And I said, this will just, just give him more lateral movement and make him better off when he goes to play D1 ball. So he actually played third base the first two years, which now obviously he's gone back to. But junior and senior year, he, um, he played shortstop. And uh, we really we prided ourselves on defense. I always told you know guys, hey, look, if you can shut teams down and field the ball, even if you're not hitting well, 
you're going to be in games. And with baseball, you're throwing strikes and you're feeling the baseball, you know, you can keep yourself in games when hitting's not up to par or when you go on cold streaks. So we kind of always pride ourselves on that. And I think Chris first because I think he took a lot of pride in defense. And I was actually most proud of his defense because everyone talks about offense. And offense is what sells tickets, and I get it. But um, I was most proud of his defense. And then also, and I've noticed this even at the, the major league level, he's a big kid, but he moves a lot quicker than people, I right. think, initially realized. And uh, we always took base running. That's kind of how we did our conditioning. Yeah. So our conditioning was racked into our base running. So I, I love that he does the little things right, like hustling down the line and things yep. like that. Those are all things that, you know, I'm sure he was taught when he was youngster, but we really, really emphasized, you know, in high school. Yeah. Because I don't know, I'll be the first one to tell you. Everyone's like, hey, who taught Chris how to hit? It wasn't me. It was his dad. <laughs> yeah. And I give full credit to his dad. Like, he's a natural talent. You know, we did some things at high school level, but kid always could hit. But I just really think, I, I just, he kind of came into his own, and I, I really love Like, that's the thing that makes, gets me excited when he feels or makes a great play. Yeah. And when he takes the, when he takes the first or first to third, you know, on a on a single. Yeah, that's like one I'm, of I'm weird like that. Yeah, no, no, that's one of my favorite aspects about Chris watching him, and I think his base running is very underrated. To see him, you know, hustle down that line every single play. I've never seen Chris not hustle on a ground ball, which is which yeah. is awesome. I mean, you don't see that nowadays in baseball. You know, you see Manny Machado in the 2018 World Series. He goes on record and says, "I'm not a Johnny Hustle type guy," and then you have guys like. Chris Bryant that hustle out every single play and his base running yeah. ability is great just like you said and you know he sure offense sells tickets but it's the little things that he does right that makes him that good of a player Correct. so Chris Bryant graduated at Bonanza in 2010 some people may not know this, but Bryant drafted, was drafted in the 18th round of the 2010 draft by the Blue Jays. He doesn't sign with Toronto, and instead, he commits to the University of San Diego. And just like Derek said, the staff did a great job. But now, did you and Chris sit down at any point and kind of talk about his college decision? Or was that kind of like a family-type oriented? No, it was, more, it was mainly family, and Chris was so talented, I knew that he'd have the option. And yeah. uh, I believe he committed orally to San Diego, like, after his sophomore year. Oh. Because, like I said, honestly, Kyle, like, he hit 10 home runs after his sophomore year. He's 15 years old. Yeah. And another thing that, you know, for your listeners, I uh, he hit 47 home runs in high school. Bonanza High School is the absolute worst hitter's park in all of Southern Nevada. It's really? It's an awful place to, to hit. Yeah. I think in major leagues, the uh, home plate to left is supposed to face due north. I might be mistaken, but Bonanza faces the opposite direction. Wow. So the ball the ball doesn't travel well there at all, and it's built around a drainage and a sewage system. So all the fences, the fences in left were 10 feet high. The fences in right actually sit on a drainage brick. It makes them about 11 to 12 feet high. The gaps are about 370, 375. Down the lines are like 334, 335. And center was about 405. The absolute worst place in the world to hit. That's insane. So I always tell people that if he had, if he had played in another high school in town, he might have had sixty home runs as opposed to forty seven. Yeah. But as far as college is concerned, I think he was pretty committed to USD. One, it's a phenomenal school, and Chris's parents, like I said, always uh, always stress that. And like I told you, I really firmly believe the kid would have been a millionaire, hugely successful without baseball because he was that sharp. Yeah. And USD was close. They, uh, they were just getting that facility built, I think, by the end of his junior year. 
or maybe his sophomore year. I think he felt comfortable with, you know, the coaching staff there, which, like I said, Tom Notch, uh, Coach Hill, Coach Johnson, they were phenomenal. And yeah. I think Chris had just said, hey, you know, I'm committed to you guys. And that kind of took a little bit of the pressure off. Yep. But no, I never really, we never sat down and said, hey, go here or do this. Yeah. I never was involved in, uh, you know, saying, hey, this is the amount you should try to sign for out of high school. That really, I mean, that really wasn't my place. He had yep. people that were, you know, obviously guiding him. And like I said, the decisions he has made up until this point have, quite frankly, have been the right ones. And I'm oh, 100, 100%. All right, so it seems like Chris Bryant, I've seen videos of him in high school. He's always had that uppercut swing that gives him the ability to drive the ball in the air with a lot of pop. And it seems like his dad, Mike, has always preached that. He had 47 home runs in high school. But was there one, Derek, that kind of stuck out to you that you still remember to this day? Um, there's actually quite a few. But there's one that we were, uh, it was during a summer game that he hit that literally uh, like disappeared <laughs> into a... 45 foot high like drove of pine trees that were across the street that one I'll never forget there was another one that he hit during batting practice that actually bounced off Oki which is the street behind Bonanza's uh, fence uh, yeah. out in left field and it, it hit the driver and really? it bounced on the street and went through the, the window of the driver and about 10 minutes later the driver came to the school he was kind of shook up <laughs> and he gave us the ball back and his neck was bleeding a little bit and he goes, hey, is this your ball? And I'm like, yeah, man. And it was just really weird. I'm like, yeah, it is my ball. Are you okay? <laughs> Long story short, I got a call the next day from my athletic office, and I had to write a statement because the guy actually was on, uh, he was working. Yeah. So in order to claim, like, workman's comp or whatnot, we had to do that. Um, but honestly, Kyle, like, I, I, I literally, and I, this might sound a little hokey, um, I sat all the coaches down after his junior year, and I just, I told them flat out, I said, look, guys, I said, no matter what happens this season, I said, we got to enjoy Christmas senior year because we're not going to see a player like this yep. and we're not going to see a season like this for the next 30, 40 years. And um, I retired from coaching um, five years ago. I'm in administration now. Okay. And I have yet to see a player of that caliber. Um, will there be another type of Chris Bryant? Yeah, I'm sure there will be because the baseball game is uh, it's a wonderful game and time goes on and superstars come and go. But um, as far as like the whole scope of the kid and, and what he brings to the table, his hustle, like for me, I mean, I'm obviously biased, but he's uh, he's damn near a perfect person. Yeah. I know that sounds a little weird, but like I, I just, I think that highly of him and all yep. the success that he's having, I'm just super proud of him. And uh, I can admit this to you because I, I know you're not going to come through the phone and grab me, but I'm actually, uh, I was a born and raised Cardinals fan. Okay. But <laughs> with with that being said, I, uh, it's a little awkward for me because I, uh, I'm a Cubs and Chris Bryant fan first. As a kid and yeah. World Series, I just, I think it's great, man. And it's just so funny. Like, I never thought, I mean, I, I'm a baseball junkie, I'm a baseball lifer. I never, I never thought in a million years that I'd be coaching a kid that actually helped the Chicago Cubs go win a World Series. Like, it's, yeah, it's crazy. I know. It's crazy. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But let's go to 2015. Chris Bryant by now tore up the minor leagues. He gets called up by the Cubs. Was Chris the first guy that you coached to make it to the big leagues? Or what was that feeling like as a coach, seeing a kid that you once kind of brought up in high school get the call to the majors? Well, I actually coached a kid named Jason Shreve. Okay. And um, he, uh, 
he got called up and he, he got called up with the Atlanta Braves. Um, and now he, uh, then he got traded to the Yankees and now he's actually with the Cardinals. He played two years together with Chris. Oh, nice. He's a reliever in the St. Louis system. So I actually have two kids that have made it to the major leagues. And, um, I don't know. Like, it's, it's tough, Kyle. Like, I've got boys of my own, but they're younger. They're not into baseball yet. Yeah. I have a daughter. But the sense of pride, like seeing a kid that you coach, it's, uh, it's phenomenal. Yeah. But it's even that much more sweeter because both Chris and, and Chase and Tree, I mean, they're, they're just awesome human beings, man. And like, I got to know their families through coaching them. And, um, I, I, I it's just, it's indescribable. I mean, that's it really cool. is because it's, it's, you see that and you're like, wow. I mean, that's so cool. And really what you're seeing, and this is why I think people get into education. I think this is why people love education. I think this is why people work so hard and they put in the hours of education and coaching. There's nothing better, absolutely nothing better than seeing a, uh, a kid and have it, you know, seeing his dream come true. 100%. It doesn't have to be baseball. I, I get really, I'll be honest with you. Um, I've been to weddings of players. I, uh, I've been to college graduations. I just had a random, you know, text yeah. or email from a player saying, "Hey, coach, thanks for what you did." That's what it's all about. I, I never coached or got into coaching because I had to win X amount of games. And we all do; we're competitive people. But there's nothing better than seeing a young man grow up and then be successful. And then, obviously, when you see it on the biggest stage, um, it, it's it's really humbling. And yep. like when Chris made that final play in the World Series. I, I must have had 75, 80 texts for people. Like, it was pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah. And I do. I, I, my coaching staff was the same way. We're pretty humbled guys, just regular guys. Um, just very, very happy for them. And um, it, it never gets old. And I, and I tell you what, I don't know what his future holds, but I'll be just as happy if he goes to Cooperstown. Um, but I would be just as happy if, if his career was cut short by injuries. Like, I'm just super proud of him and, and really happy for the family. Because uh, they did everything the right way. Yeah. Just treat, always treated people the right way. Never never took shortcuts. And uh, the same thing with Jason. Hard-working kid. To see him uh, pitch in the major leagues, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And just like you said, it, it couldn't have happened to a better guy like Chris. A family-oriented guy. A guy who does everything on the baseball field right. You're not going to see him bat flip a dinger even though he hits you know, X amount in a year. I mean, that's just not the player he, he is. He, does, he goes about his business the way everyone should. And I think that's something to kind of admire as a player and uh as a coach it, it makes you feel like you did everything right so so after 2015 bryant wins that rookie of the year to top it off in 2016 like you said he wins the national league most valuable player award breaks the longest drought in major league baseball winning the first world series with the cubs in 108 years did you have a chance yeah. to kind of congratulate him or have you touched base with him? What, I know he's a I know he's a busy guy. He has a very demanding schedule. But do you guys kind of touch base here and there? I talked to him in the off season, and I, I I often have to get a bunch of stuff signed because everyone assumes that since I coach him that I've got like six hundred signed Chris Bryant balls in my closet, <laughs> which I don't. And I'm a nice guy, so a lot of times people will contact me and say, "Hey, you know, Derek, you got something signed? I want to put it in this auction or, or for a charity event." So I try yeah. To, I try not to bring Chris too much stuff, but he does sign some stuff for me in the off season. I went to his wedding. Um, that was a great time. Cool. But um, I leave him alone. No, I don't. I don't. You know, I don't yeah. shoot a random text. And say, hey, can I get tickets to this game? Or hey, that was a shitty at bat. <laughs> yeah. Style. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we touch here and there, and, and he's always like I said, "Hey, coach, how's it going?" It's just uh, just humble, cool, a class act. Yeah. Like, like I said, it's 
it's pretty cool because now like he's not a kid anymore but like when i he's a kid to me yeah <laughs> you know, he's probably gonna be a kid to me when he's uh when he's 30 years old but i just always uh, i do i when i think of chris i i always revert back to his when i first met him and i met him when he was i think he was 14 years old i actually met him in the summer of 2006 and uh, I was blown away. Like even just watching him play catch and the way he carried himself on the field. Yeah. He looked. I'll be honest with you. He looked like a major leaguer at fourteen. <laughs> like he looked like I'm like good lord. The way he wore his hat, the way he wore his clothes, the way he played catch. Yeah. And uh, like I said, he that's was cool. Just, uh, it was just great to coach. That's cool. Yeah, man. I mean, just like you said, I mean, Chris is an outstanding guy. And as a Cubs fan and somebody who writes about the Cubs, I can't wait to see where his future kind of goes from here. I mean, it's been a blast covering him through Cubs Live. Um, man, so much more to yet have Chris's story. It's not the end of Chris Bryant. It's only the start for him. I know he had kind of a down year last year, not the year he kind of wanted. And it was you could kind of like visually see that he was upset with himself because it may be the first time that he's had to miss X amount of games. So he missed 70 games last year. I mean, I don't know if he's ever had to go through such adversity like he did. And I know he's hungry this year to get back. Uh, I'm excited to see it. I'm sure you are and everybody else listening, but all right, Derek, I think that just about does it for us. I mean, I want to thank you so much, man, for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Kyle, no problem, man. And uh, I appreciate it. And, uh, Anytime, man. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Derek. And thank you guys for tuning into the Cubs Live podcast. Go Cubs and have a nice day.